Hey everyone, we've been gone for a while. And even more so, we recorded this run of episodes starting in January. So you're listening to the past, but we're back now, so enjoy! Are we, uh, are we drinking? You guys can. I, I mean... I'm teaching high school tomorrow. <laughs> yes, this was Jamie's first day. Yay, oh, yeah, Jamie. that's right. <laughs> it, it is Monday. It's Monday for all of you college slobs still laying around. <laughs> mm, I feel like she's talking about me in particular, because Rob, I, when do you start? I, next week. <laughs> I laid around so hard today. Not even at all, but yeah. okay. I was going to say, Andrew, I, I, I seem to recall you being pretty busy as I was checking in and having my I, high school cafeteria moment. Ooh, you ate in a cafeteria today? <laughs> I had a moment this Yes, I had to eat in the cafeteria. I mean, it's it's a good cafeteria. It is nothing like my high school cafeteria experience, but I walked in the door. I got my food like I normally do at this place I have been to plenty. And then I turned around and realized I had no one to eat with. <laughs> oh, no. And I didn't it didn't even occur to me to like make a plan ahead of time so I didn't have anxiety about it. And I got tunnel vision like it was first day of high school all over again. And I knew no one. And I just like beelined for this counter that I knew nobody sits at so I could sit alone. And the other theory teacher came over and was like, Jamie, we're over here. If you I like I couldn't see people I recognized even. I just have not eaten in this cafeteria without Andrew (laughs) or our friend Elise from Texas. And so I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. What happened? <laughs> so I was fine. I uh, had a little conversation with my anxiety over lunch instead, and I told them I would eat with them tomorrow when I had my shit together. <laughs> First day of school. First day of school. <laughs> and that is what Andrew said to me as I was driving to school. <laughs> Now, to be fair, I sent it in GIF format first. Yes. But yes. 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 So the appropriate. Yeah. Appropriate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this yeah. is the shortest break ever. Like, as at Midwest, a couple days after, well, while grades were due, we were at Midwest. Mm. And then it was the crash that comes right after being there. And then I packed like an insane woman. Um for days and then got in the car and drove up here and now I'm working and I don't remember anything they told me at orientation because it was so much information. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's where we are. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. Yep. Yeah. In well, other words, I'm not drinking tonight. <laughs> I have tea. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to Lexical Tones. We've been we've been away for a while. A little bit. Um, a little bit. We've been taking a break. We have been taking a break for very good reasons. Um, we all got really freaking busy with being composers. Yeah. Hey. Hooray. Or, you know, all the other stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, if, if we felt like we had any voids in our 
time in our life, they were filled in the last, uh, you know, however many months we've been away. It's completely um, gone. Yeah, completely yeah, there's, gone. There's no void. There's only work and drinking um <laughs> so I, I mean i mean you know that you know that video on the internet of the the you know how much can fit into this glass and you put the big things in first and then finally you get to the liquid yeah i'm pretty sure the liquid was poured in last semester so and it was no lava more room it was lava no no it more was room. Lava. the schedule yeah. was lava <laughs> andrew are you actually drinking he is what Damn. is that oh this is our very finest kitchen wine <laughs> I love a kitchen wine. Which one? <laughs> to be fair, we had we had one, I think, we had one of the beers that you brought to our house, not this yeah. past Christmas, but like oh the God. Christmas before or something oh like God. that. Um, I was going to drink that, but I took a taste and I was like, meh. Yeah. Going to go with the, the cooking sherry. <laughs> fair you enough. didn't. I, I... No, I didn't. I'm, I'm having a, I am having a white wine, though. <laughs> I, I don't think I can make fun of you. I, I mean, it still I falls could, into the category of poor life choices. I could if I knew which bottle he was talking about. He's being purposely vague. I like, am. <laughs> I don't know whether that's from the back of the fridge or something that he opened up from the rack. It, I, it was already open. Yep, it's bad. But oh, no, Lord. I'm pretty sure that I used this six for months uh, old. French onion soup. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it tastes fine. It's probably six months. Uh, we should... Since this is only an aural medium, we should uh, uh, talk about the fact that um, Andrew is in Fredonia. I am. Jamie is at Interlochen. Yeah. If we didn't uh, make that clear with like first day of school and stuff, <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> Jamie is going to be at Interlochen for the semester, uh, doing a sabbatical replacement for Cherie, and Andrew is at home alone, fending for himself, drinking back of the fridge wine. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to insert a Home Alone reference in here, too. I'm preparing. I got maps and plans for all those robbers. And just in case anybody's really worried, uh, I do have student spies who are going to tell me if he loses 20 pounds in one month again like he did in grad school when he got nervous. You know, this is going to be a challenge for me to suss out exactly who these would Ooh, you be. don't know? I have, I have no idea. Nope. <laughs> I think one of them got really excited and told him. <laughs> I have I have I have guesses about others. Yep. Yep. No. Well, I uh I I told three or four students I'm like, "Hey, if he starts looking like the unhealthy color gray, I need you to send me a you message." You know, not my normal complexion gray. <laughs> yeah, right. Not the just he lives in a library all year round. <laughs> well, so this is going to be episode 190. And Ooh. yeah, I know we're uh, we we you just heard our uh, mammoth uh, Midwest episode, which um, was yeah we talked to a lot of people. Midwest was insane, um, but yeah it was cool. So <laughs> for the next several episodes, what we thought we would do is you know just get together, just the three of us, and just talk about composery things that we want to talk about. Um, each of us kind of serving as host um, for uh, successive episodes. So tonight it's me, and I have some questions for you guys about being composers. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, but uh, right now, I am 
I am in the midst of starting a piece and that that was kind of um that that's the kind of theme of uh my questions I guess are like kind of beginnings. Um so yeah, we'll just talk about composery things. I'm ready. What it, did we, we haven't decided on a title for this series yet, have we? I mean Not at all. No. Well, that that also factors into beginnings of things. You know what? Um you said composery things and it just jogged my memory. A couple years ago, I sent you a picture of one of our cats sleeping on a score I was working on and you said mm-hmm. cannot has composy. <laughs> <laughs> so, in my planner, I you know, I I break down what I should be working on every day of the week. This this these parts need to be done. I think I can get them done in two nights. This thing I need to write yeah. a new melody for and that notebook is now called composy plans. <laughs> Composy plans. I like that. Should that composy plans? It's so like good. It. See, I knew this, this title would come out organically. <laughs> and this this again kind of happens the way things usually unfold, at least in this household. Uh, Jamie comes up with the title because <laughs> I Jamie has titled some of my pieces. Many. Nice. A few of my pieces. Because yeah. <laughs> other, otherwise they'd be called like... Micro music, Sonata number one. <laughs> music music for piano number 23. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Yep. All right. Yeah. Well, my first, my first question for you guys, and, um, you know, you can answer in turn or we can just have a discussion. Um, how do you begin working on a piece in general? Uh, what steps do you take to get an idea or get from an idea to notes? Mm. What does what does that look like for you guys? Oh, and just, I know I, I know that <laughs> like every piece is different, and you know, no, well, it depends. There's a process. Just there's, generalize. There's definitely a process. Um, because every time I panic about a piece. Last time I had a, a like nice big opportunity with a nice shiny name on it. Um, I it was debilitating for days, but that was because I was taking it up to. This was before I was teaching at Interlochen. I came up with Andrew one summer to just write for six weeks while he was teaching I here, that. and I just holed up in the dorm room and <laughs> wrote a book and wrote a piece, and. Uh, and I had been on the hunt for text for that for months, and I finally had, like, secured permission. And then I had to get up to Interlochen. And it's always a process with us that takes days, right? It's not just get in the car and go. We have to have stuff for six weeks. So it was not a short process. So the time between securing the text and starting the piece was, like, at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and I started to panic in that time zone, and especially because it was a 10-minute piece. It was going to have a really well-promoted premiere, and I just couldn't get to the start line. I was being held back from it because of all of the moving. And I finally sat down at the desk. Day one, he finally ran off to go teach, and he wasn't you know, doing orientation and in and out of the room, and hey, here's the key you need, and hey, here's your pass for this lunch thing, and here's, you know... He was finally gone for the day. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and I sat down for my first session and 
I thought it was going to be impossible, and it just kind of came back to process for me. And in that case, with text, like, there is there is a way I chart out the rhythm of the text and the inflection, the, the contour first, and I just started with that. And that brought me home, you know, and then the newer developments in my writing came out later. But I always kind of come back to the familiar and the comfort when I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> I mean, um, I asked in general, are you generally having a panic attack when no. you start a piece? No, most of the time the idea pops up and then I have to go hunt for, like, people to do it. Um, you know, so my last, my first band piece, I had the idea for that for over 10 years before I was finally like, hey, I've got this idea. Who wants to do it? And we had been to Midwest a couple of times um, and I started talking to people who who could maybe jump on board. So, no, that one, when I finally started writing it, I was like, I know what's going on here. Uh, so it was just a few pieces where I'm just like, this is too big for me. Um, oh. I know my ego that you all see seems... Fiery. Chef's kiss. <laughs> um, but, like, in the actual practice room, all that, all the PR and puffery goes away, and you are just you and a pencil <laughs> and a blank sheet of paper... Um, and if the ideas aren't already there, I think that's where the panic comes in. Um, I love puffery. Puffery. It's good, right? <laughs> PR, PR and puffery. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually, this is another, this is... I'm just gonna. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> wow, we haven't done this for a while. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, um. Yeah, no, I think I forgot what I was going to say. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're going to have to edit, Rob. <laughs> no, we're not. No, someone told me there's no editing. <laughs> this is grade A content. <laughs> my comment, uh, wow, my it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. Um, so I'm pretty sure that reference is dated by the time this episode comes out. I, I think it will be, honestly. Oh, like, man. It's kind of dated right now. I know. <laughs> um, so my my thoughts on this are uh, not going to be maybe a surprise maybe somewhat similar to Jamie but um in in my own way it it all comes down to planning mm. like like planning is my planning is the one thing that is really the thread of continuity between all of my pieces if you listen to the pieces that i have in my catalog out there in front of the listening audiences um it sounds they sound the pieces sound very different from each other. Um, but the one thing that I can say is true of all of them, um, that are in the public sphere anyway, is that they're all just meticulously planned out. I, I essentially don't feel comfortable writing a piece unless it's done. And I mean that, yeah a little tongue in cheek because it's not all fleshed out. Like all the details aren't there, but man, I have a strong idea of what this piece is and the trajectory that it's going through. Now, now this is really funny because this should be a visual medium. (laughs) What the fuck is going on right now? (laughs) Can you hear me in real time? We can yeah. hear you, yeah. That's that's good. I mean, I'm still recording, and I look really sexy glitched out. Oh my god! Make sure if you're if we're not already, make sure you're on speaker view, 
and uh oh it stopped uh, oh man i hope that you can extract that from the video somehow <laughs> that's the promo <laughs> video for this one and and turn that into like something because that was awesome <laughs> Man, I I thought I was on a roll with my answer too. Here, and, so. Andrew's video was glitching out hardcore, and it was on like a loop with distortion and fuzz, and it was, it was really actually pretty cool. The <laughs> best unintentional glitch art I've made. <laughs> All right, so planning. planning. Yeah, no, I I, I kind of stopped listening once that started. So no i mean uh I, I was in the midst of talking about how how i i say it you know w- w- tongue-in-cheek with a little grain oh, the of piece salt has it's to be not done. as if yeah. like all of the piece is done and palatable for performers to actually interpret um or even legible but i don't feel comfortable actually getting too composing until i have a really strong sense of what the piece is what the boundaries of that piece are and where that piece is going to go. Even if I end up changing it in the middle of the process, I need to have a fully fledged direction. I wing it. <laughs> to no one's surprise. <laughs> it's funny because on the Zoom call we're on right now, for my perspective, looking at Zoom, I look in I always look in gallery view. Mm-hmm. And on my left is Andrew, and on my right is Jamie. Oh, you got the good angel and the bad angel, do you? Exactly. Like, the <laughs> meticulous planning out and the, eh, just wing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I would say, like... You're in the middle, aren't you? I am in the middle, yeah. honestly. I was thinking about this today. Like, I'm... I'm starting, I actually just emailed him today. I am starting the saxophone ensemble uh, for the Fredonia saxophone ensemble for Wilde Zumwalt. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's that's what I'm working on presently. And today was the first day. And uh, the first day, what like when I initially met with him, oh my God. Uh, November 23rd of 2021. <laughs> so like a month, uh, uh, a year and a month and a half ago. So like when you brought us those beers or what you're, what you're telling Yeah, me. pretty much. I think. <laughs> so we, we met and we discussed what it was going to be. And, you know, we've, we had a, uh, um, we both agreed on pushing it back a, a year from when we thought it was going to happen. Uh, it was it was actually the best um, decision for both of us, but you know I kind of wrote down some some words in my notebook about it and wrote down some pieces he suggested I listened to and the instrumentation and then the next page all I had written down was clusters of slaps written out little granular clouds and that's it <laughs> like that so was good. what I started with today yes and um. You know, basically today was just about like kind of listening to I I actually went back and re-listened to the concert that I was at uh with you guys that we saw them play oh, yeah. in in November 2021 and um kind of got some ideas from from just listening to the ensemble and just writing down vague ideas and then I started to like like Andrew I love to have a plan. Um I mean, I, I, love I ha- don't not have a plan. 
I'm no, just... I, we know you. We know you have a plan. <laughs> but I like to almost have like a written out timeline, if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I started doing that, and I realized like I'm not there yet. I I need like I have a, maybe about like. 40% of the ideas yeah. that I'm probably going to need for this uh, level of duration. Mm. And it's like, so I I guess I'm still in like brain brainstorming mode mm-hmm. of just like trying to imagine what the piece could be. That's when I go like, hunting for a bigger concept. Like I, yeah. So that was, I had, I had a couple of these little gestures that I was like, because <clears throat> like, Many, many of my pieces uh, recently have dealt with like the ocean or something, mm-hmm. um, some kind of, you know, outside of music concept. And I was looking at the gestures that I was kind of writing down. I was like, OK, what is that? You know, I know the musical direction of it, but what is it like outside of music? And usually it's the other way around. You know, I see that like non-musical thing and turn that into music. But this time... I finished my cello quartet like a week ago. I've had no time mm-hmm. to come up with something new. So it's like one to the other. One yeah. To the and, other. It, and it's going to be like that this year. So, um, so I'm kind of like going backwards from my normal process of like looking outside of music for something that I can turn into music. And mm-hmm. this time instead looking at musical things that I would like to do. And trying to find concept, outside yeah. concept for it. And uh, it's a little bit, it's probably why I felt today like, oh, sh- I don't have it yet. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, I've only spent like three hours on this. I shouldn't <laughs> have it yet. Like, <laughs> so, no, it's got to be fully formed and springs from the head of Zeus. You're a composer. No. no. Wah, I did, wah. I did, however, set up my... Uh, my score in Sibelius and my uh my like writing score in uh in yes. Goodness. So I've set those things up. So this is this is the part of the compositional process that involves the workflow, right? Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. Now that's that's another thing that I think is really important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Jamie's just off winging it. Well, somebody's got to. <laughs> <laughs> I would say very much like Andrew, I love a plan until the plan doesn't serve me anymore, and then I start winging it. That's exactly what I do. That's exactly well, what I do. Okay. Well, you don't <laughs> advertise it as such. <laughs> I mean, I'm just winging it's it. Of, it's part of the PR and puffery. <laughs> I have... Fuck <laughs> <Walk> you. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so I have to, I have to mention this. Um... So I was recently on this podcast called the flute uh, called Music Crush um, by the Flute New Music Consortium because um, in November or something I uh, won their uh, flute chamber music competition or whatever. So Woot. part of it is like they want you to be on their podcast. They just started this. They're delightful um, human beings running the podcast, but in the um, in the notes for the podcast it said. And now we get our first, uh, like, explicit rating 
or something. I was like, wait, what? I don't, I didn't do it. Like it wasn't me. Yeah. It was, it was because they wanted to talk about some of my other pieces and my other piece titles. And they, they brought up the, um, the thing I did for Nick Phillips, uh, called, uh, (laughs) fuck face Von Clownstick. It wasn't me. I didn't bring it up and I didn't curse other than that. I was just like, wow, that's misleading. That's funny. So, so, so you're the problem. I'm the problem. It's me. I was going to say, is there an episode we've missed our explicit rating? I don't think so. I don't think so. We we earn that. We earn it. We earn it every day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, now, what uh, since uh, Jamie, you you talked about when you started talking, you said you sat down for your first session of writing. What does the typical writing session look like in terms of like how long you're working? Do you do you have to do anything to kind of get into it? Do you do anything after it? Um, what's uh? I'm going to ask the annoying question that all composers ask in uh, in uh, composition like seminars with guests. Master classes. Uh, can you tell me about your process? Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, get it. Like, Could you do, rub your do chin nitty- when you do that? That would be Do great. the nitty gritty. Like, I'm the I only, I'm the only one without a beard. I'm sorry. I will not do that. Nitty gritty. What's what does it look like? All right. So, are you, are you lighting incense or no, you know? no? Okay. My honestly, okay. So my ideal composing day, I started when I was working on that piece I was talking about because I had six in uninterrupted weeks, um, relatively uninterrupted weeks. Let's put it that way. I mm. uh, I really like to compose in ninety minute stints, um, and I don't. Work well in the morning. Shocker. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> uh, so usually I um, I don't do anything compositionally to like get into it. But what I do think is really important for me is that a couple of years ago I discovered that I will waste an entire day over the summer or a winter break or spring break, Thanksgiving, where, whenever, wherever. Any unstructured day is absolutely capable of being spent horizontal in a book (laughs) or netflix tiktok Uh, that i've gotten better at believe it or not um but i uh, I, I haven't (laughs) i have i've i've only been spending about 30 minutes every once in a while it's not it's not like a full hour when i wake up and countless hours in the evening (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so that's why you haven't watched everything I've sent you. No kidding. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't watch all the stuff you've sent me in one sitting if I tried and I get lost now. <laughs> you could. Um uh, but your uh, legs would fall asleep, but you could. <laughs> the so the the process that I started testing out was like how to make an unstructured day structured, self-structured or productive. And uh, one of the things I came up with was I really fell out of the habit of reading a couple years ago. And it is 
a part of my life that makes me very happy. Um, I can tell. I can emotionally feel it when it's been too long since I last sat down and read a book. And it doesn't really matter what it is, fiction, nonfiction. Wednesday is losing her mind at the front door. (laughs) The dog dog upstairs? It's right above my head. And I think it's because she can hear me. Nice. (laughs) Anyways. Um, So I started experimenting with, like, what does a motivated morning feel like. So I started getting up and reading for an hour every day. And at that point I was not structured enough to like get up at the same time every day and read. And now I'm a little bit better at that. So um, if I have an unstructured day, that's going to be really composition heavy. The most important part is actually getting a cup of tea and breakfast and reading for an entire hour. I set a timer and everything. I won't stand up until the hour is over. And then it's just a smidge too long for me to enjoy it. And so I'm motivated to put it down and go. Like 40, 45 minutes would be amazing. But I make myself read for that extra 20 minutes. So I am ready to go to my office and get to work. And then 90 minutes in the morning, 90 minutes in the afternoon. And if uh, I were five years younger, I would do 90 minutes in the evening. But now I go to bed too early. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere I am... I- I am absolutely useless after <laughs> about five o'clock. It's getting there, yeah. Yeah. It's getting there. Oh, the last six months especially. Um, I mean, I did a lot physically in like August, September, October. So I was always exhausted at that point. But I really haven't gotten back into evening routines, which is strange because if you ask any of our grad school friends, like my ideal writing time was between <laughs> 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. Yeah. I mean, it's just totally. It's gone crazy i'm sad it's gone andrew yeah so um so i've just fully embraced the fact that i that i kind of identify as a miniaturist uh, at this at this point in my compositional output and um it basically just permeates all of the compositional process i heard you say that the other night and i was like really is that are we are we just owning that now yeah yeah i'm just owning it just gonna own it um, but you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, considering when I have the opportunity to compose, it's very restricted. It's very, it's very much a rigid kind of block of time that I try and, and guard. Um, but the, the other issue that I find as I compose is I don't really feel productive past the 20 minute mark. Yeah. Yeah. I, wow. I compose in 20 minute bursts. That was Rob's face of incredulity <laughs> for the listeners who, that. <laughs> for the listeners who didn't who who aren't with us right now. What twenty minutes? Yeah, yeah, 20, 20 minute bursts. So if you if you see in my schedule uh, a block of time that I have roped off for musicianship or composition or something like that, that's that's an hour and a half. It actually is subdivided pun intended, uh, into these kind of smaller chunks, like these 20 minute chunks with little breaks in between, because I find that, um, I, it's not that I necessarily get easily distracted, although maybe my wife will disagree. Uh, it's, I get really tired. Like I get incredibly fatigued. Um, the, the act of creating is just, it's very absorbing. Maybe my wife can attest to this on a physical level since 
longtime listeners will remember, I tend to wander around the house as I compose, and whistle. whistling a merry tune. Apparently, um, it it is a it is a physical act for me. I'm I am I'm actually doing this podcast standing up at my standing desk, where you know, so it's all um, it's a little. As Rob stands now, get a little exercise in there. Yes. Um, I will not be standing. <laughs> I hit 12,000 steps. No. <laughs> I, I, nice. Um, no, I find, I find that the brevity helps focus my energy and my attention. And with that comes like specific categories of the process. So like for 20 minutes, I'll focus on just pure creativity. Take a break. For 20 minutes, I'll focus on something that's a little more secretarial or uh, a little more analytical. It's like, what the hell did I just do? Um, And I find that I kind of build in little um, micro refrigeration periods, if I'm going to borrow maybe a term from Sariajo or, or something, uh, where I just, I get a little space between the, the, the acts of the different acts of the creative process, um, that I can kind of view the piece in a different light. 20 minutes makes sense. Excuse me. I said 20 minutes makes sense. (laughs) Um, I'm keeping both of those, by the way. you're, You're still... You're you're still in an hour and a half, but you're just like breaking that even further down. Is yeah. that what I? Uh, okay. Yeah, basically. I mean, the Pomodoro technique for productivity nerds, which is me, um, is is looking at a lot of people tend to focus in twenty minute segments at a time, and if you go above and beyond that, you need to break your attention in some way. So, Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato. <laughs> hey, I'm Italian. I well, hey, it's it's I like tomato because of the little tomato kitchen timers. So you would set 20 minutes on your little tomato and when it went off, you have to take a break. But all of that time, <laughs> quit smirking uh, about little An- tomatoes. <laughs> Andrew's a little tomato. <laughs> um That's a spicy meat the ball. Oh shit. <laughs> no. It's a tomato. <laughs> Oh my God. But the point is like focused attention right now is like 20 minute increments is actually pretty good. And I, mm. I, I don't know. I, if I think about it, I haven't thought about how I break down those 90 minute segments. I think I go pretty straight through. Um, but I also built up endurance to do that. It's not, it's not something that I can just sit down and do. For example, I took most of the last half of uh, last year off. I wrote over an hour of music in the first five months of the year, and I was toast. So I finished my last set of miniatures Nice. in July, and then I really only did secretarial stuff like parts uh, for a couple of months. And I went to get back to writing an orchestra piece in late December after we all got back from Midwest, and I was like... 15 minutes of focus, huh? <laughs> it's, like, it's like lifting weights when you haven't lifted weights for a while. It's like, these are heavier than I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I know, right now I'm still trying to build back up to my 90-minute segments. And I've not done a great job because I started, like I said, late December. I'm still not back up to 90 minutes, but I also haven't had a solid 90 minutes that isn't exhausted or unpacking or learning where the 
keys get handed out. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Administrative procedures for new institutional uh, processes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Turns out well, you just you know, go to Dawn. That's it. That's the answer. That's it. That, uh, at Interlochen, Dawn is the answer. I hope one day Dawn will be a devoted listener to this podcast so that this shout out at episode 190 will make such a such an impact. Um, the it, you know, I'm I'm thinking about the the 20 minute burst things. I I have yet to I have yet to analyze whether or not the order in which I do things in those bursts has an effect on my creativity. Like if I, if I do the creative part first, does that change what happens after in the, in the sessions around it? Um, I, I, cause usually I don't, I don't surprise, surprise. I don't structure it to that degree. Um, it's like, okay, it's my composition time. What do I feel like doing first? That's going to get me excited about doing more things. And depending upon the day that that could actually be, ah, I need to clean up this, finale file more secretarial or you know that's like the bane of my existence today i want to be more creative i want to imagine where this piece is going to go um and so i i think i think leaving that aspect a little more flexible has been good for me in in the in the realm of composing that i find myself now actually that brings up a good point um that i forgot about the last thing i do every composing session is assign myself three things for the next composing session to keep... Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Talk to future you. Yeah. Future you. And like you give yourself three options. So when you sit down and the first thing on your list is something that you are not going to be doing first. <laughs> like I give myself three different things for of different energy levels so that when I sit down, I'm like, oh, that one. I, I can do that. Let's do that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. We just talk forever, and mm-hmm. Rob says, mm-hmm. Well, no, you're saying a lot of the same things I do, I guess. That's because um, you've called and said, what do I do? That's <laughs> not true about this aspect. Yes. See? Yes. There are plenty of other things I call and say, what do I do? Uh-huh. You got a call earlier this week. Well, I mean, I mean, what, later what, last how, week, I can't Rob, I mean, Rob, you, yeah. your time is very limited too. How much, how much time do you usually focus on in a setting? Uh, and, and bear in mind, is it easier or harder when you have a make noise machine that you can just play with for hours on end? <laughs> well, I will say that, uh, I think I started at about, um, maybe nine o'clock today and I did, I guess it's maybe only two and a half hours today or something like that. But then I was like, eh, it's kind of getting towards lunch. Maybe I'll just like mess with the synthesizer for a while. <laughs> and then all of a sudden 1230 happened. I was like, oh, shit, I have a one o'clock meeting. <laughs> and now's the time where white girl YouTube would say, and even though we're not sponsored, it would be like so great if Make Music ever wanted to work with us. <laughs> Make noise. Make music does finale. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, you know, I'll take whatever we can get at this point. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, at this point, you know, it's still, I would say, 85% make noise. But I've got three mutable instruments things in there, even oh, though they're going, they're going out of business, so they could never sponsor us. Um, and one IntelliGel thing <laughs> and one Instruo 
And one Erica since. Nice. Starting to spread it around. Yeah, spread the love. Spread the love. Well, um, I I suppose like it, and I'm gonna do the it depends thing. Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) No, it it truly does depend if I'm in the semester or not. Oh yes. Um, because if I'm in the semester, I don't expect anything more than two hours of myself. Um, because granted emails are going to come flying in. There's going to be a knock at the door or I'm going to have to schedule something or, you know, it, and during the semester, it's really, really hard to fit it in. I mean, Very I say so. that like, oh, you know, I've got, uh, I keep my Tuesdays and Thursdays to myself for writing. <laughs> like that's the idea mm-hmm. yep but that's the, the plan e- execution of that plan is not necessarily reality um a lot of times it's like student meetings or you know i work out in the mornings on tuesdays and thursdays because obviously monday wednesday friday i'm like 8 30 to 5 um with only a lunch break so it's like all this other shit happens. So if I get two hours on both of those days, man, that's an amazing week. Yeah. Um, but on the breaks, when I do the majority of all the writing I'm doing, except for this <laughs> this upcoming year, where it's <laughs> yeah. just going to have to be all the time, every of the time. Um, uh, if I'm on if I'm on break uh, and I have a completely unstructured day. I usually go three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon. Um, it's probably sometimes with some sort of like little break in there. I mean, that's impossible for me to go three straight hours without yeah. ever looking up. I th- I pretty much, you know, 90 minutes or 80 minutes with a 10-minute break or something like that. Um, and then I keep going. But yeah, like because... Um, I don't work at home. I only work at school. And when I am home, I'm home. And so that takes the evenings out of it. That also takes the weekends out of it for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So especially during the breaks and especially like when the girls are still at school. Um, so I drop them off in the morning and then I just go to school and work, work, work. I've kind of trained myself to like, sprint through compositions instead of like plod along or marathon them. Mm. It's about making decisions. About yeah. making decisions. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's just how it goes. But there have been there have been other times um when especially if like the stress or um just anxiety levels are high or something like that. Like a lot is going on. Oh, oh, I gotta, I gotta send that email. I gotta grade this. I gotta take care of this. Like all that stuff is kind of like in the, in my head before I even sit down to work. Yep. Um, I haven't needed to do this in a while. Um, but many years ago, um, I started like meditating for 20 minutes before I, um, started to compose and it Mm. really helped. Yeah. Um, it just, and it wasn't even like, you know, this was not some sort of serious meditative practice. It was just like, hey, I'm going to breathe and try to think about virtually nothing for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I made a 20-minute uh, drone. Mm. 
just as something to listen to. Because in a music building, you can always hear like someone practicing through the vents or something. Yeah. So yep. I just had a drone that I could listen to. It was 20 minutes long. I turned it on. I start. I closed my eyes. Just breathe. Breathed? Breathe? Started breathing. Sure, we'll breathe. go with that. Yeah. I started breathing and when it went off, like, I felt a little bit lighter, you know? Yeah. And that allowed me to focus on the task at hand. So it's not something I do all the time, but it's a trick that it's like, if I need it, it's there. Yeah. You know, you brought up two things that I think is really important. And sorry if I'm jumping in here, James, the, the space in all its senses is very important. So you have like, you've already made home off limits for for family reasons and other things obviously but but Fam- again having well family a- reasons and the same some of the same reasons is why to, like you know why i sometimes have to put a drone on in my office it's just freaking loud here yeah. you know yeah. with an eight-year-old yeah. and a six-year-old like it's just loud and i can't focus so 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 the the space aspect physically helps your concentration but then you've you've touched on this idea of well you know mental space is a thing two mm-hmm. that is incredibly important for uh, any kind of creative endeavor and and getting yourself especially during the semester that you're talking about into a frame of mind into a mental space that is actually conducive to the creative process and to being productive yeah that's a really important strategy idea to to consider yeah so when you guys are like getting ready to start a piece or something. How much does listening to other people's music play into it for you? I'll go because Jamie's biting her face. That's that's nope. a weird way to say that. It really is. <laughs> How would you bite your I gotta, face? I, I gotta stay. I gotta stay on brand. I gotta stay on brand. Um, so uh, l- listening plays a significant part in in a lot of uh the the compositional processes for pieces that i create but of it it becomes more important if i've never written for a type of ensemble or if an ensemble combination isn't something that i'm familiar with i do a lot of listening of that particular collection of of sounds if there is a repertoire out there to do so with um but what usually happens is once I've done that, if I do any more listening, it'll be of a piece that I'm really captivated by in a completely different medium, like an electroacoustic piece when I'm working on uh, an acoustic piece, for example, just because I like the idea of that kind of cross-pollination of being really, really captivated by something in one medium and going, huh, I wonder what I can do with these ideas with this ensemble. So I, it also helps. It also helps me not sound like anyone else. If, after yeah. I've done a ton of listening of a particular ensemble or genre, um, taking it out of the context, uh, of that style or idiom, uh, or group and, and thinking about, you know, h- how to maybe approach it from a different perspective. That's, that's what I really like to do with my listening. Yes. <laughs> Jamie's answer is already better than mine. 
Yes? Question mark? <laughs> right? Um, I feel like it's been a long while since I had to do a really in-depth set of score studies, but that's partially because um, I require my students, my college students, to listen to two new pieces a week. And yeah. They they rarely hit that target, but it is it is a target that I lay down pretty firmly at the beginning of the semester and try and scare them into meeting. Mm. Um, but I also try to meet that myself, and I post it on my bulletin board during the semester, so they can see nice. pieces that are new to me. Um, and if they run out of ideas, or if they are bored with my listening list, or if they are. Um, hitting the same circle of, you know, YouTube surfing uh, sometimes ends up being cyclical. Yeah. And, uh, if it's not taking them new and interesting places, maybe, maybe cross-pollinating lists will. So, uh, this got really, it was a really well-oiled machine in 2019. And then we stopped going into the classroom. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> into, the, into the building. So, uh, I fell out of the habit and I think I... Also, kind of fell out of the two new pieces a week thing. I should probably get that restarted. But with that, with that much material, I all I don't feel like I'm also piling on additional pieces for every new work. Unless I'm like, hey, that Gubitalina score, I need to find that and re-listen to that spot that I love. That's yeah, yeah. I guess like I'm I'm kind of coming at it from the place of, and I I'm sure this has probably happened to you guys, but like. You're sitting, you're sitting in a concert, like a, you know, actual concert yeah. um, with human beings playing in front of you, not on a screen. And um, <laughs> I mean, it's been a weird three years. What? That's I don't true. disagree. I don't disagree. It's just the way you phrased it. You guys are having a banner night. <laughs> There's all kinds of great phraseology. Jamie's going on. biting her face right now. So <laughs> anyway, um, like. I could be listening to Beethoven. It kind of doesn't matter. Like the act of listening to music for me when there's nothing else that I can do, which is I think the reason why I don't listen to a ton of music just to like just on the computer or on my phone or whatever, because there's always something else I could be doing and I'm not really focused on it. Mm, But if I'm mm -hmm. sitting in a concert I have nothing else to focus on. And that's when my brain starts to turn. Yep. And it's like, oh, well, listening to Beethoven made me think of this granular synthesis technique or something like that. It's just like, it's almost giving yourself a space to let your mind wander a bit. Mm-hmm. Even if you might be like truly focused on the music you're listening to right now. That's, so, that's really fun, yeah, because, I mean, it, it goes along with what I talk to my students about in terms of, like, reverence, the, the reverence we have for pieces. Um, I, I actually, I don't mind being a little irreverent. Uh, I always tell my, my students that uh, yeah, this piece might be really good, but it's got some stuff that's that could be better. Like, there are issues with the Rite of Spring. There are issues with, you know. How like- fucking dare you? <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that piece. And there never will be. I'm telling you, there are, there are, but you're getting into this space that you're talking about, right? <laughs> Listening to this piece, your mind as a creative person 
starts to like tinker with things and that's that's the space where you are active actively involved in that kind of process so yeah it's that's not surprising and and um i wish I wish I did that, like, for whatever reason, live concerts don't always inspire me in the same way that, that you and Jamie get inspired. Um, to, like, Jamie has run out of concerts, like, with a pile of notes that she has taken as we were listening mm-hmm. and that are going to inform the next piece. I typically don't do that. I'm I'm on the other side uh, doing that type of listening at the computer with different types of CDs, records, what have you. Oh, God. Speaking of dating oneself, um, and hey, oh, it's I'm doing it again. Out again! It's doing it again. So good, so good. <laughs> I have, I have some kind of, I have some kind of documentation of it. Um, the, uh, it, you know, it must be just the things I'm saying are so profound. Zoom cannot communicate just that in ones it. and zeros across the internet, or your computer it, is dying. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> Your graphics card cannot hang. Andrew, is it because you can't pace during a concert? You know, that actually, the the gestural involvement, yeah. that might be. See, I always thought I was more of a visual person, but maybe there's a kinesthetic thing that's taken over. Oh, you are totally a kinesthetic learner. You're a kinesthetic teacher, too. I'm very much a kinesthetic teacher. Yeah, there's... there's why would you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad this isn't a visual medium. <laughs> oh my god! But we get totally posted on the internet if you ask that student. Um, we are we are referencing a ridiculous little reel from Instagram that one of Andrew's students put together of him, like Vanna Whiteing his presentations of music theory throughout the semester. So, so that so that yeah. the student could take a picture of it. So the student could yeah. take a picture of of the um of the theory notes for the day. And so it's just like a series of ridiculous pictures with maybe the best possible music for it. It was brilliant. The student did a great job. Um, it, it originally started as a joke of me photobombing their picture. Uh, and as soon as he basically took the first one, he was like, okay, I'm just gonna be ready for this. To so like all semester, <laughs> all semester, clandestinely, he is there taking pictures uh, of of the different times that this happened. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, one of my first thoughts in the middle of that was you had a hot chocolate in your hand for exactly one of the photos, and I was like, "Hey, I delivered that." <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Anywho, where the fuck were we? <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, like, um, yeah, it's just. Sometimes and it doesn't happen all the time, but very very often I will walk out of a concert having heard something completely different than what I'm actually going to be working on. Yeah, but it gave it gave me the space to let the brain wander. It's like it's actually kind of like in <clears throat> in meditation. You know, you're trying to focus on like. Nothing. You're not trying focusing. to. You're you're trying to <laughs> not focus, but in doing so, you're like trying to eliminate distractions. Yeah. But distractions keep creeping in. Yeah. So it's like I'm focusing on the music, and my brain is like, "Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this?" Yeah. You know, and it's just like in that in that space, I have some, you know, have have some 
good ideas. So, like, it's you, Jamie earlier, you were kind of talking about like, um, almost tricking yourself into getting in the headspace, or, um, yeah, I can't, yeah, it, it's kind of like that. Well, I'm going to trick myself into being creative, I'm going to listen to something, and that's going to trigger my brain in the right way. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, the listening that I have found most inspiring hits me in the weirdest moments. Like mm. I don't listen to soundtracks for compositional inspiration because I think a lot of them serve a really specific purpose. Yeah. It's hard to listen to them structurally with, yeah. with intent, but timbre, there's been mm. some phenomenal Moments from pop music used really well in films where I've left the theater going, shit, 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 shit. I need to go find that track. I don't even know what it is. (laughs) And um, in one of those moments, I remember it really distinctly because it wasn't on the soundtrack. The soundtrack was out, but it was one of those like bonus things that it did not come out because it was a pop piece. And so it didn't come out on the album. It was on somebody else's album and they had just licensed it but not adopted it for the film soundtrack. I could have murdered someone that day because it took me forever to find it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, but I need to listen to it on repeat until this inspires the next piece. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. So I think we'll do like one more question then wrap up. Sure. Um. So this is less uh, like a beginning of the piece question and more just like a beginning of the perhaps musical journey question. Um, so what for you guys, what do you think is one skill for a composer to develop that's like the most important skill? <laughs> and I, I broke this down further. Maybe it's like one musical skill and one non-musical skill. Hmm. <laughs> Just one. I don't know why. I don't know why you should be thinking about this. I sent the questions earlier today. Come on. <laughs> and I read them, we're, and then we're I giving, we're taught giving a day the of illusion. high school. <laughs> <laughs> the the illusion of uh, spontaneity. Yes. I yes. I saw them. I read them. I taught a day of high school, and then I stared at the wall for half an hour when I got home. <laughs> I forgot everything that just happened. Um, I, I mean, I have a joke one that my first, my gut instinct for a non-musical skill, uh, that is helpful to the compositional process is hiking. <laughs> hey, Michael Keane would agree with you. And I think so would Robert Morris. Just, yeah. Okay. Just, just, um, something else. Be good at something else. Be good at something else. It informs a lot of what we do as artists and, I mean, somebody else, I had a question on, I almost said TikTok just automatically because I very, I spend very little time now on Facebook, but um, a friend of, of ours from internships in like 2005 posted that they had lost their creative drive and they wanted to know how people got it back. And I did talk a little bit about reading um, specific literature because that really informs transitions in my music and the way he controls time is really helpful to me. And he also makes me feel big feels. And I have not been in the mood for that lately because I'm feeling enough on my own. (laughs) So 
Having You've got the feels covered. <laughs> What'd you say? You've got the feels covered. Got the feels covered. <laughs> I have cried <clears throat> plenty. <laughs> don't need don't need that. Uh, but uh, but just having something outside of it, I feel like we all get so embedded in composition to get through these degrees. Yeah. That we don't see other things. And it's a shame because those other things are the things that give us the best ideas. They're the things that get us uh, to write big pieces about big spaces, which is kind of where the hiking comes in for me. One of my, um, you know, like I said, white girl TikTok is very into not setting resolutions this year. Um. <laughs> do, do they all sound like that? I'm just, I'm curious. Yep. Yep. They do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, but you know, there's last year there was 22 for 22. Now there's 23 for 23. And they're the things you're going to try and do throughout the year. And one of mine is to go on 12 hikes. I always let the introverts in my life derail this. It's me. Hi, Andrew. (laughs) Um, but I'm up here in Northern Michigan and last summer, you know, I really tried to get out and go hiking and I just couldn't get enough people interested in it. And I was worried if I went by myself, I'd fall and break my leg. And I am not going to let that it stop happens. me this summer. I will go break my leg in the woods because I need the renewal wow. I get from <laughs> this is happening. And get eaten by a bear. <laughs> I I can handle the bear. The leg, I don't know. <laughs> the bear? You just PR and puffery. I have puffery. just been trained on how to get a bear to go away, and I'm not joking. <laughs> do you go shoo shoo? No, but you do need some really loud pots and pans. <laughs> okay. You gotta make yourself big. <laughs> I mean, but I've told you about my bear nightmares, right? No. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> I do have, I and I have had. Recurring nightmares about bears for basically my entire life. This is the um, clip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is totally the clip. But I like, and I and I've tried to analyze like, why do I keep having these nightmares about bears? Like, why not anything else? Why is it a bear? And I think I think I figured like, you know, if you were to encounter a coyote, you could take it. When I lived out in Arizona, a mountain lion, you'd get messed up. Yeah. But I think I could take it. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Singular wolf. I think I would survive. I think that one's branching towards the confidence of a white dude. But go, go ahead. Keep <laughs> no. going. I mean, I'm a white dude, but I'm also 6'4", You're 260. You're like nine feet tall. Like, yeah, you can't just sit I, on it, man. That's not how this works. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> no, but like when it like when it really came down to it, like fighting, clawing for your life, you could get some eyeballs and like and get out of there. But a bear? I'm, like not necessarily a black bear. Because I think you could scare a black bear away, no problem. Yeah. But it, like a brown bear, a grizzly bear, you're dead. There's nothing you could do. There is no other animal in North America, save a moose, where you are mean. so yeah. physically out, like outclassed, out, out everything. They have you, okay? There's nothing you can do. And I think that's why I have nightmares about it, because it's like I'm not so thrilled about the like 
that like feeling of absolute helplessness <laughs> yeah. where something bigger than me is just going to end me. Read into that what you want. <laughs> I'd, I'd get on worrying more about the wolf than the bear if I were you, because, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. They're scrappy. I, I don't think so. Uh, a, wolf can, a lone wolf can be scared away. A, sing, a, a single bear, that's coming after you, and for miles. <laughs> I don't and think it's just going to keep story. coming. Huh? I don't think he knows my bear story. <laughs> Do you have a bear story? No, Jamie. Is this going to give story. me another nightmare? Maybe. It'll give you a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. What? Oh, I said, oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> no, okay. I accidentally. Do you want to tell it? Or? So I grew up riding horses. No, we're going to tell you now. No, yeah, I am. I grew up riding horses, right? And uh, Did the bear later... kill the horse? What was that? Did the bear kill the horse? It did not kill the horse. Oh. No horses were harmed in the making of this nightmare. And no Jamie's were either. It was great. Um, <laughs> I like I like that I was so concerned about the horse first. Yeah, yeah it's fine. It's fine. So 17-year-old me goes out on a trail ride. We were doing a fundraiser for St. Jude's. It was a poker run. I went out by myself for the first time on this. It's like a seven, eight-mile run through... The woods near my house. Um, it was a it was a through park. bear infested territories. Well, only dun, dun, occasionally, dun. Um, and I usually that should make you feel better, Rob. Only occasionally, <laughs> and so I usually went out with a big group of people. But I had helped set the buckets the day before, so I knew where all of them were. And I think the person I was supposed to be riding with had to back out at the last minute, and so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this by myself. And I took off. And my horse was super jittery, and I was just like, cool, she's got energy, let's run it. Um, And so we did the whole seven, eight miles at mostly, like, canter, gallop. We, it was, it was a hard workout for both of us. We got back, and my mom went, oh, good, you're alive. I went, huh? Uh, The group that left right behind me, and I mean, like, they were on their horses ready at the trailhead and I passed them. They turned around and came back because there was a cub on one side of the trail and a mama bear on the other. And I either rode in between them or they were off to one side and and one of them crossed after I left. And that was why my horse was so jittery. And we, we took off, we ran for miles. (laughs) What kind of bear was this? I have no clue. I have nothing to this day. Absolutely no clue. Oh my god. <laughs> Seven Ignorance is bliss. Seventeen and stupid. <laughs> well, I can't wait to go to sleep tonight. <laughs> so I uh, guess I have to answer this question now. After huh? the bear um, story. <laughs> yeah, after after the bear story. Uh, what was the question? Oh, a say? skill. Well, well, well you I mean, you so had Jamie had a, a non musical skill. What was the musical skill? Oh, did That's you just was that just the that was the just non-musical? non-musical and bears? <laughs> well, may, maybe maybe I should go first, give mine, and then Jamie can do her musical that's one. That's fine. All right, that that's fair. That's fine. Um, because because mine involves me thinking about this question that you did give us uh, a day to think about, but I didn't really put all of my energy into thinking about this one particular question until I was making beef stroganoff for a week, uh, and so <laughs> now it. <laughs> <laughs> 
not in terms of the duration it took me to cook the stroganoff. The stroganoff <laughs> will be eaten for the rest of the week. Um, as I'm as I'm letting the noodles cook down, I'm thinking about what it is uh, to be the, the most important thing for a composer to and uh, to know about musically or non musically. And I kept abstracting it until I found something that applies to both. I think fundamentally making egg noodle meals. Fundamentally. <laughs> Fundament, feed yourself. No, fundamentally, uh, I think the most important thing is clear communication. That's, that, that ties into the musical realm and that ties into the non-musical realm. Clear communication in far, as far as how you present your musical ideas through your notation. And for the love of God, like know how to talk to humans in rehearsal. <laughs> I think that's just so very important. Yeah. All right. Musical one. From me? Yeah. Yeah. Or I can go and you can be last. Wield a scalpel without emotion. Mm. And that's musical. I like that. That That is musical. That is yeah. ask yourself your strengths and weaknesses and don't get emotional about cutting stuff. Mm. It has to happen for the strength of the piece. That's it. You will be happy to know that your former student, Mickey Wadsworth, just informed me that uh, one of their pieces, the first piece they wrote with me that was basically like already done on the first week of class. And I was like, what Mm -hmm. the hell am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, they said that they cut out like the first 40 measures of the piece like, and this is a two-year-old piece at this point. Mm-hmm. Nice. So much better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. much better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We get yeah. so much uh, tied up in our self-worth because of what we're doing and how it, how it's, how much time we've put into it. And at the end of the day, if it's not serving the energy of the piece, it is, uh, it it hinders it. Superfluous. Yeah, it hinders it way more than it serves it. And just because it's written doesn't mean it has to be in a piece. And that goes for exercises where we're learning new stuff, too. I was just talking to a new group of students today, and they were like, do you require homework for for our studio classes? And I said, no, but I do require you to experiment. None of the stuff we do in this class has to go into a piece if it doesn't serve your musical style. But I am going to ask you to step outside your comfort zone and learn something new. Now, if you write something in with my instructions and you love it and you think it is going to serve your music well, cool, put it in a piece. I'm not saying not to. I'm just saying don't just shove it in there because you've written it. That doesn't serve yeah. anybody well, anyone well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scalpel, okay. precision, Meredith Grey, that shit. Profound. Nice. So for me... This is going to be a very traditional answer. Mm. <laughs> I love it. Uh, for the musical skill, aural skills. Not going to argue sorry. there. I'm sorry. It's just like, and there have been so many experiences in the last two years working with students, particularly like either my theory students or specifically my composers, where I'm just like, you know, wait, sing that? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And it's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, did I just uh did I just uh, uncover something that maybe you should have focused a little bit harder on? Did yes. I do that? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I feel I feel so fortunate 
to have gone through the RL skills um, curriculum at Bowling Green as an undergrad. Mm. I really do. Because when I was doing, I don't know what if you know what they do anymore. But when I was doing it, RL skills for like those last, the second, pretty much the entire semester, we were singing set theory and twelve tone rows. Yes, and we had to hear that shit, and we were dictating like ridiculous things, um, like rhythmic things, um. Mm -hmm. Did did Per when you were there? Did Per Bloland still do or uh, Per Broman? Um, that's his name, right? Per yeah. Broman. Yes. 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 Yeah. Well, there's Per Bloland at Miami, and then yes. Per Broman at at BG. Anyway. Yes. Um, was he still giving kids the uh, the Bart Simpson rap? To dictate oh, rhythm, I don't. I don't know if that was still officially part of the curriculum. I know it was still floating around in the zeitgeist of Bowling Green. If that yeah. makes sense, yeah, that shit is hard. Um, <laughs> I spent so much time on that. Oh um, but like, and I, I feel like there, there have been a ton of other composers that I've been, um, that I've been around where they can just hear um, harmony. Mm-hmm. A lot, uh, maybe a lot better than I can, or you know, they. It just seems like they can hear stuff, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's in, that's pretty incredible." But there have also been so many times where I just kind of like surprise myself mm-hmm. that, oh shit, yeah, I can, I can, I can either pick this out or I can sing it or I can like hear it in my head and then just put it on the keys, and yep. it's like, oh yeah, that was it. Um, <clears throat> so it's like it's just such a fundamental and useful skill that never gets unuseful you know it's with you for the rest of your life so i think are all skills the non as long as you're practicing it yeah because like any other muscle that goes away it can yeah but also i like i said i sometimes surprise myself oh it's just there okay got it you know but um, but the the non musical skill um, that I think is most important for a composer is uh, resilience. Mm-hmm. You know, like we deal with a lot of rejection, heartbreak, on so many levels. On so Not many you. Levels. <laughs> what was that supposed to mean? Okay. Jamie, for the few, for the couple things I've won recently, I've also lost like ten things. Yes, so exactly. I the know. ratio is still is still working. I know, but I wouldn't be me if I didn't pick on you a little bit about this mm, week. There it is. Well, luckily, I have resilience. Yeah. You did. <laughs> no, but just like you know, being able to not let it matter so much. And even when it does matter to be able to pick yourself up again um, yep. and just keep going. Mm. Like there have, I've had some students in the past few years who have, they've happened upon some success and it's been really great. And then all of a sudden they started like losing things again. And I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's how it goes. This, this, this happens. You mm-hmm. got to. You you have to be cool with uh, yourself losing as much as cool you're cool with yourself winning. Yep. Like can't can't derive uh, 
uh, can't derive meaning from only the outcome. Yes. It's not intrinsically tied to your self-worth. Yeah. So anyway, well, who's, well, who's, ho- fun. who's hosting next time? Me. Jamie, I think. Ooh, what kind of questions is Jamie going to throw at us? Hmm. We're not going to know because she's going to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> First bird. Second bird. Bird we bird. We didn't get the third... We didn't get to third bird tonight. <laughs> no, I think we've had plenty <laughs> more than three. There's, there's there's been a whole flock of birds. Yeah, whole flock, whole flock. <laughs> yep, yep. All nope. right, friends. I have some good questions already. I'm just uh, not sure if I'm going to give you a preview of them. Everybody, will have dun, to dun, tune dun. in next week to find out. You want to hear us? Uh, you you want to hear the struggle in our in our voices as we're answering? It's true. Yeah, there it is. Payback. All right, friends. (laughs) Well, hooray. Yay! (laughs) Don't get eaten by a bear. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.